Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus. It is episode 463, coming to you on the 27th of July, 2023. Almost done with the seventh month. Where did this year go? Well, let me tell you, folks. It's a challenge every day. Today's topic is going to be men of honor. Stay with me. Remind you right now, you can help me. We can make a difference. We can do this together. Like, share, and subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Go to your favorite podcatcher, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, the uh, Google store, and download the podcast and subscribe. Now, if you're feeling particularly motivated, happy, or whatever, uh, then you can come visit us on social media. I, I have a Facebook group. I have a page. Come and join us. We'd love to have you there. I also drop in over at the Gab and um, MeWe. <laughs> MeWe's not without its challenges still. <laughs> but hey, look, we we got to get the word out. We got to build the audience. We can make a difference. We are making a difference, and every little bit helps. And. To that end, if you uh, have the opportunity and the time, rate and review this program. Again, the algorithm's a funny thing, but every little bit makes a difference. You know, we're going to do our best to stand in the gap and do what we can to improve and protect what's left of Texas, Texas culture, and quite frankly, Collin County and McKinney, right? Uh, Kent can't keep McKinney sane. You can't keep Texas sane. You can't, can't keep Texas sane. Well, the whole country's lost. When I say sane, it's like you see it as an insult. What I want you to understand is, look, I know there's plenty of people that are left of center that are never, ever going to agree with me. I'm okay with those people being left of center and never, ever agreeing with me as long as they don't do anything silly, aren't kind of crazy. And don't get me wrong, there's crazy all over. It's not just the left, although they do tend to do a better job at being crazy too. But we have to work together. We have to set aside petty and minor differences for the greater good. The problem is, is all too often we're busy arguing about what's petty and what's not. To me, a lot of that's self-evident, but your, your mileage may vary. Okay, so here we go. Men of honor. So... I guess this is technically a follow-up to the the, uh, Vicksburg trip, but it got me to thinking. All these guys that were in leadership, both sides were honorable. Now, we can remove Sherman and we can remove uh, Grant from that mix because they have obvious issues and problems, and we know that. But by and large, the military leadership of both the Union and the Confederates were honorable men. They maybe did dishonorable things from time to time during the war because war is hell. But by and large, they're very honorable men, including most of the people that served under them were honorable. We have to believe this because we of what we saw, what we heard, what we know. And it's not unique to that time period. The vast majority of the people that sign up to serve in the military are honorable men. And I know there's women out there yelling at me right now. Yes, yes, we know there are women there. We're using men in the all-inclusive Latin form, okay? <laughs> men is in plurality of any human, okay? So, that being said, 
I thought to myself, well, if we went down this path again, one, I don't want that. Two, it's uber destructive. And three, I don't think we have enough good men that would stand up and would do the right thing. That would fight. That would have enough honor to even pick a side. I think they'd go hide in their house. Now, I say that knowing that the boomers are pretty much aged out. The silent generation, what what is left of them is not effective in doing anything other than maybe their brain power, if they still got that. Um, the next step down is Gen X. That's me. Most of us are in our late 40s to mid 50s. Now, I'm not going to be a stand-in for a Green Beret or a Navy SEAL at any time in my life. So let's just write that one off. But I could be a decent officer. I could be a decent sergeant or whatever. I was Navy, so I should say chief and, you know, maybe not captain, uh, lieutenant, right? Fine. I'm not nominating myself. I'm just saying those are things that I could do in the age that I'm at and the shape that I'm in. But really, war is a young man's thing, right? Battles are fought by young men. The older men lead them. The older men direct them. The older men make sure they have what they need in order to fight, but they don't actually do much of the fighting. Unless, of course, your name's Patton, you're probably not leading from the front either. So again, where are the men of honor? Are they even capable of doing such a thing anymore? Now, if you look at our current military and what they've been doing to it, uh, 10 years ago, I said, yeah, we're probably in pretty good shape. I'm not so sure anymore. That should be very concerning to all of you. Now, what what's at play here? Well, we've emasculated men for the better part of two decades. Well, let's say four decades. Well, maybe six decades. I mean, depending on how far back you want to go. We hear about toxic, maxil- toxic masculinity all the time as if that is the fault of all in the world. That's an interesting thing, right? Because... Um, Sometimes weak men are more dangerous than strong men because strong men are confident and they don't feel the need to do stupid things to prove themselves sometimes. So what are we looking at? So I've got three things that I think are directly related, some positive and some good. So first of all, I would say to some degree, I see this as a church fail, right? And I'm going to be the all-inclusive church. I'm not separating out Protestant from Catholic or Orthodox or any of the various flavors. By and large, most churches have gone the feminine route, right? We want to keep our women happy. We want to do all these fun things and nice things for women. And the men are an afterthought. Now, the children, the children are first and foremost because, you know, they think they're going to get the new converts and they're going to stay there for their life. But if their fathers are disengaged... The mothers may become disengaged and certainly the children later on will disengage because they follow the example of their parents. So I wonder why there's no effective broad based across the board in many, many churches, the strong and vibrant men's organization or men's group. That's not to say they don't exist and not saying there's not exceptions to the rules. I'm not even saying that there isn't possibly a good example out there that I'm completely unaware of. There may very well be. But as I look around, I just don't see a lot of it. That should be concerning because if you're going to have men grow up to be 
strong men, you want them to be honorable. And what better way to be a, a good, strong, honorable man than to do it in the church? Of course, as a Christian, that's my opinion and feel free to disagree, but that should be one of the primary motivators of how you would do that. Now, some would say, well, you got the military, you got this. That's all true. But we're, we're looking at the giant picture, right? 10,000 feet up. Where are the points of failure? So I would say, first and foremost, the church failed. Society as a whole failed, but we would expect that from a society, but we do expect there to be some holdouts and some different groups that do different things. And one of them should have been the church. I don't see it. And, and again, this is not an indictment of any one specific church or even one denomination or, well, maybe, but just in general, there seems to be an abandonment of raising up and building up good, godly, strong, honorable men. And, and yeah, I'm sure you all know the exception to the rule. Great. Good for you. All right. So let's look at another fail, right? Now we got the schools. We know all about the school district, right? Everything done in elementary and middle school is catering to young girls. It's by design. Boys aren't made to sit still in a room for an extended period of time without doing something active. That's how they learn. That's how they function. But the schools were designed to make sure that the young ladies would succeed because prior to that, they couldn't and didn't. Again, these are all gross exaggerate, maybe not generalizations. They're gross generalizations. Yes, I know there are exceptions to the rules. There's this and that. I don't want to play that game. Just as a general rule, the schools were designed to cater to young women to help them perform better and do well. But as a result, we punished the young boys. We punished the young men. And we wonder why they didn't learn to be better men or learn to be honorable men. Now, when I was a young man, the military was there for that purpose. But the military went the way of the government schools, right? The PC, the got to keep the uh, politics happy, right? So they want their funding protected. So they do what they're told. They don't question. They move on. So again, that was another massive gap. And I don't have to spend a lot of time on it because it's really self-evident. I mean, in the private schools largely followed suit, but again, they got to do what they got to do to keep their money and keep their mommies happy there. So again, not a pejorative, not a negative thing, just an observation. So where's the other big loss here? Well, I would say the other big point of failure here is scouting. There used to be Girl Scouts. There used to be Boy Scouts. And when you're in the Boy Scouts, you had to at least acknowledge a higher power, God, right? Uh, They didn't require that you defined it because they were being very ecumenical. They're not a church organization. And if you've got some deviancy, you need to stay out. We we don't want you around these young boys. They even went so far as to do a lawsuit and win. And then they tuck tailed when they needed to raise more money. They should have been far better served as to fight it out. So on my trip, by the way, I found some old books from the boy scouts. Um, a, uh, leader's guide from like the fifties and then the list of requirements in order to get certain merit badges from the same time period. It's pretty cool. Interesting. I mean, I was a boy scout back in the eighties. One of my only regrets is I didn't stick it out because I would have been probably one of the last generations to have a really good solid experience in the scouts. But when you tell somebody that's you know, basically a year ahead of in their book that you can't go any further, they have to wait Somebody like me? Yeah, no, we're done. 
we're going to go do something else. Now, maybe that was foolish. Maybe in retrospect, my parents should have made me do it. I, I don't know. But that is literally one of the few regrets I have from my childhood. I wish I would have stuck it out with scouts. But now I look at what the scouts are. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What's the point? I mean, I know there's potentially other options out there, but the scouts have literally destroyed themselves on the altar of political correctness. For what point? It's really hard to make an honorable man out of somebody that can't define what a woman is. It's really hard to make an honorable man out of somebody that has to learn to control himself because there's now girls in his pack. It's really hard to make an honorable young man out of somebody that can't do certain things because they're not allowed to do it anymore because now there's girls present. You know, part of being around a bunch of young boys is that you get to be like young boys. When you put girls in the mix, it doesn't work the same. And I don't understand why people don't understand this. It is not an indictment of young ladies. It's not even an indictment of young men. It's just an observation of how the world works. Yet nobody seems to care. And then there was one less thing to help young men become honorable men. So in this giant void created by what I would say are three significant faults, right? You got the church, you got the education sector and scouts in shows up the manosphere. Now, if you're not familiar with the manosphere, eh, you know, it's a mixed bag. I mean, I I've read or seen some different things from some of these guys. I got to admit, I do enjoy getting tips on how to dress nicer and look better. Makes my wife happy. Uh, that was nice. Uh, I do understanding uh, or I do like understanding proper fit on how things are supposed to look. Uh, okay, that's fine. Cause quite frankly, I never grew up like that. I, I do appreciate that people, you know, spend time looking at how you can do certain things and how you can improve yourself. That's a large part, right? Fitness, you know, getting your game on, learning how to communicate better, learning how to interact with people. But a lot of this stuff is also detrimental and negative in some cases, right? The accusation has been they hate women. Well, I don't hate women. I've been married to my wife almost 30 years and I have two adult grown daughters and I like them all quite fine. And I have a mother-in-law that I take care of from time to time, help out around you know the house with her and my uh, father-in-law. Nothing but respect for women folks. So... It's really off-putting to have somebody trash-talking, you know, womankind in general, which does happen. But then when you look at the grand scale, you take a step back and it's like, yeah, the deck has been stacked against them legally and culturally for years. So, of course, they're not happy. Of course, they're pushing back. But they're the villains. (laughs) They have zero power, zero authority, zero influence because of the way we've allowed things to be structured. But they're the bad guys. It's an interesting cycle, self-fulfilling prophecy, if you will, in my opinion. But at the, at the crux of it is, what do we do? The manosphere is probably not the answer. Is there a better way? I don't know. It's something that I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, I've got some assignments, some things I'm working on, but it's something that I'm curious about because, you know, Everybody wants to have a better marriage. Everybody wants to have a better relationship. And, you know, as we're transitioning into a different part of our life, I want to be able to do certain things for my wife 
with my wife that I really haven't done up to this point, but I want to learn how to do it better. I want to learn how to be better. And you know, the, the simple answer is go do a Bible study. Well, okay. Yes, maybe, but who wrote the Bible study and what was the goal of the Bible study? I mean, there's so many variables here and the whole idea of iron sharpen iron. Well, that was a big thing back in the nineties, you know, when there were mm, men's retreats and there was uh different, um, I forgot what the Greg Laurie was doing. It, it doesn't, at this point, it doesn't matter, but they actually did things targeting men to make them better. And then, you know, it kind of became passe. It, it, it ran its course, but what do we have now? What are the opportunities now? Maybe rather than trying to do a big thing in a stadium, we need to start small. We need to regroup. We need to rebuild our community. We need to find men that, you know, actually agree on things and want to work together on things and find an option to get stuff done. And I'm not even talking about political or anything like that. I'm just talking about practical everyday things. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm 10 pounds overweight. Uh, you guys want to help me? I could, I could lose this 10 pounds. What do we need to do? How can we, or what, what kind of fitness thing can we employ? Would you do it with me? Can we keep the other accountable? Hey, you know what? I really would like to learn to master, I don't know, a geometry, right? There, there, there are people that do geometry in their head. Like there's nobody's business. And there's other people that are adequate at it, myself included. Uh, and then there's other people they look at and that makes zero sense whatsoever. Okay. Well, we're going to look at practical applications of the use of angles when building a roof on a house. And this is how this works. Or, or we're going to look at, you know, your approach angle with your car and how you're parking. And these are things where you're using geometry every day, but you don't even think about it. So you might in fact actually understand it more than you do. Once you understand what's at play here. Again, this is something that makes you a little better. Perhaps you have a limited vocabulary. You spend too much time in a garage or in the military and every other word begins with F. Well, I got to tell you, polite conversation and most women don't prefer to have that. So you got to learn to tame your tongue. Well, you know, that's something that I guess I'm pretty good at, but I mean, I could be better. I'm certain there's plenty of other men out there that could learn to tame their tongue. Well, the Bible warns you, you need to tame your tongue. So um, it's a pretty good reason. One, you keep a happy wife. Two, you keep a happy life between you and God, right? You want to be honorable, right? So this goes back to the key point. How do we be honorable men? Well, we treat each other with respect. We don't badmouth in public other people that you know private things about. We don't run people down because we disagree with them generally. We don't... um, be unnecessarily rude. We don't be greedy. There's so many things that you could fold into this, but who's teaching this? Who's showing this? Who's modeling this? Good question. For instance, how many of you out there in the listening audience would be feel comfortable that there weren't scouts? Look, I know there were scouts, there's military guys and they're laughing when I'm going to say this, but how many of you would be comfortable being dropped off two miles from your house being told you had to walk home or or let's make it five miles. What, what if you didn't have your phone or you had directions? How many you could spend the night with nothing but a water bottle? doesn't matter if it's the city or the country, but how many you could do that without um, a great about a great amount of distress? That's a fair question. What would you do? 
These are things that I would think that a Renaissance man or an honorable man would have thought about or would have learned about. I mean, these are things that were, I wouldn't say common practice, but certainly readily learnable when I was a child. Does anybody do that now? And if you do, are you created or painted in the corner as being some kind of kook? I don't know. And I, those last two examples were just there to get you thinking. What if I rolled up to you in my uh, 2001 Jeep Cherokee that once upon a time I used to have, and I'd say, uh, hey, can you help me change out the spark plugs on this? Would you have a clue of where to start, how to do it? Most people wouldn't. But that used to be a common thing that men would learn how to do. And it's a bonding experience, and it l- helps you learn about something that you didn't already know about, and it creates honor among men. Hey, I learned how to do this. I've mastered this. Good job. Hey, let's go out. We'll, we'll have a, a burger or a Coke or something. We'll talk about how great it was to you know get our hands dirty. I mean, these are things that don't really happen anymore. I mean, I assume some of you have found the value of knowing a good plumber or an electrician. Hmm? Where would the modern world be today without plumbers and electricians? But you know what? People that run off to college have no clue what goes on there. You know, I worked in the automotive field for a long, long time, and I have the deepest respect for a good auto technician. I worked with them. I once was one when I was a kid. I don't know that I was great, but I was good enough. I could do the work. And most people shy away and are afraid. They don't want to touch it. I mean, with the advent of battery-powered cars, maybe maybe at some point that'll be put off into oblivion. We don't need them anymore. Though I don't believe that because battery-powered cars are... Well, another story. We'll save that for another day. But again, honorable men cross-train. They learn different things. They understand and respect their fellow man. Somebody that's an accountant shouldn't look down upon or disrespect somebody that's a gardener. The gardener shouldn't necessarily have a great aura over a doctor. Now, don't get me wrong. We all love our doctors, especially when they're working on us. But they're just a man. They've got some extra training. They might be smarter than the average bear, but they're not really entitled to any special thing in life because they went to doctor school. Presumably they make a lot lot more money as an MD than they would as a gardener. But if you're a good enough gardener, you can build up your own little business. You can have people helping you. You can do this. You can do that. You can become successful as a gardener. There's endless opportunities. Well, at least there used to be, but those are different stories. But Again, honorable men treat each other with respect. Honorable men understand the value of hard work. Honorable men understand that just because they do different work than I do doesn't make them less valuable than I am. But unfortunately, in today's day and age, we don't really get that. People don't understand that. Uh, The foods in the supermarket, they don't understand what a farmer does. They don't understand the equipment and the knowledge that's necessary to, I don't know, grow an apple. Just, I want you to think for yourself, how many in the listening audience actually know what it takes to get a a Macintosh apple started from, from seed or a honey crisp or a golden delicious? What's involved with doing that? Now, once you know, and once you've learned understanding in your head is one thing, but to actually go out, plant the seed, get the, get the thing started and do the next steps in order to get that. Ah, that's a different thing altogether now, isn't it? I mean, intellectually understanding something and being able to actually do it are two different things. 
When I was a kid, they used to have things called carburetors. And it was kind of a skill and an art to be able to tune a carburetor. If you ask the average person now, unless they work on small engines or perhaps motorcycles, they wouldn't even know what a carburetor was. No, maybe it's obsolete, maybe it's not. But if you've got a car from, oh, I don't know, about 1995 and older, pretty good chance it's got a carburetor. Or better yet, just again, prior experience here, they went to TBIs for a lot of vehicles. If you don't know what TBI is, it's a a throttle body injector, which they removed the carburetor on that same engine and put in what's called a throttle body, which had an injector in it, so which performed the same function, but in a different way. But would you know that if you looked at it and didn't have somebody explain it to you what was going on there? Hmm? Again, I'm not saying everybody needs to be an engineer. I'm not saying everybody needs to be a doctor. I'm not saying that everybody should be a gardener. What I am saying is there are a lot of different things that require a certain level of skill and effort and training in order to do it and do it well. And mutual respect is earned when people understand that. That's part of being an honorable man. So the question is, how do we get there? What do we do? Well, what I would suggest, and of course I have no plan yet. I'm just, I thought about a little over this last few days on my way home from Vicksburg What if he created little groups of guys that would cross-train and learn how to do things? Build up your confidence, your self-respect, your skill set, create some new friends, learn to, you know, deal with people that aren't necessarily just like you. Maybe they don't talk just like you or look just like you or have the same political thoughts as you. That's a scary thought, isn't it? But how do we do that? How do we move forward if we're not willing to do that? If we're not willing to step out of our little box? Well, it's just something that we're going to have to consider going forward, right? So eh, depending on my mood, I may choose to revisit this topic from time to time going forward. But I just wanted to let you know where my head was at. And yes, this is directly an outgrowth of the idea that there are literally thousands of men they gave their life because they thought they were protecting their home or they thought they were preserving the union or they thought this or they thought that whatever the rationale was, they did it and they did it willingly. And I just don't know that we can find that out of the general public anymore. And with that, this has been According to Callus, and I will see you on the other side.